It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and if you're just tuning in, uh, we often talk about this show as being the fastest 60 minutes of radio, and that title is going to go away because we're going to go to two hours. Uh, beginning next Monday, we'll be on every day, Monday through Friday, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., uh, so we can dig into things just a little deeper. We can help uh, elevate the conversation just a little bit more, and we can bring on Great guests, great, great guests, hard to say on a Monday, uh, to actually talk about some principles uh, that are empowering and very pleased uh, to be joined on the show today by our Lieutenant Governor, Deidre Henderson. Lieutenant Governor, thanks for joining us. Happy to be with you, Boyd. Well, as uh, we've been doing a couple of things today. One is we've just uh, coming down the home stretch on uh, Women's History Month, and uh, we've been trying to coordinate with you and get uh, you on for a, an important take and uh, your ears should have been burning today. I've been quoting you all morning. Uh, your your speech uh, at the inauguration, uh, the first given by a lieutenant governor in our state's history, uh, was so powerful. And your closing segment, uh, you talked about the need not just to have women at the table with a voice to talk about women's issues, but to talk about all the issues and not just to have people of color at the table with a voice to talk about minority issues, but all the issues uh, it was really stirring. It was very striking. And I wanted to just dig into that just a little bit with you in terms of your thinking about that and what you're experiencing now uh, as the lieutenant governor. Well, thank you. I, I think that that issue right there is really uh, fundamental to um, the the administration of Governor Cox and my myself. Um, we really believe it. We really believe that that uh, we need more voices at the table. That that everyone has um, a, a, an important role to play, an important perspective to hear. And when we're missing those perspectives at the decision making table, uh, we're we're really missing an opportunity to make things better for everybody. Um, and so, you know, I, I wanted to make it very clear in my inaugural address, as you mentioned, and and this is what we live by that. Women's voices aren't just needed to talk about women's issues. Um, same with minorities, same with rural Utahns. This is, this is what's important for our state, for society to be better, to be complete, to be whole. I often compare it to looking out of one eye, right? Going, walking around with one eye open, that you can see things with one eye open, but you don't have the complete picture until you're looking out of both eyes. When it comes to government and policymaking and so many other things, we really need to be looking out of both eyes. Yeah. Yeah, so important. And you've uh, you've been in the rough and tumble of uh, of all the politics. You've been part of a, a great trailblazing uh, history here in the state of Utah with women in politics. Uh, what have you learned? What have you gleaned, uh, especially over the last decade? Uh, really, all the things that prepared you to step into this role as lieutenant governor. Well, I I've learned uh, as of late in the past few years, especially that um, that the path that that I walk on today uh, was tread 
and made smoother for me by a lot of people, women and men who went before that, that made my walk a little easier. And I'm so grateful for that. And I think that's why it's so important to look, to look back uh, on the past and, and to, to remember and to reflect and to dig up what happened previously so that we can actually uh, be aware and be, and really be grateful for what we have and, and what, are the things that we should be improving on and, and working to make better moving forward so that the people who come after us have it a little bit easier than we had it. And, and there are a lot of really great uh, women uh, and men in, in Utah's past that have made our lives better today. I think of our, um, our state constitution. Our state was one of the first states to pass a constitution with a woman's uh, equality yeah. uh, provision in, in it. And, and that's really remarkable, especially considering the fact that, uh, that, you know, women in the United States in general didn't get the vote until 26 or 24 years after we became a state. So it's something that I'm proud of. It's, it's the foundation that our state has been built upon. And I think it's important to reflect on. So, so critical. Uh, we, we've been talking for the last week or so uh, on Insight Sources, talking about a, uh, a question that uh, I love to ask, and uh, I got asked it and was a little taken back. Uh, but the question was, whose fingerprints are on your life? And uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys who's very blessed uh, to have seven sisters, a mother, a wife, three daughters, and now two granddaughters. Uh, and their fingerprints are, are everywhere. Uh, and so I wanted to ask you, uh, just give me one, one woman whose fingerprints are, are on your life. Well, that's, that's tough. I, I would probably have to say my mother. Um, you know, my mother was not in any way involved in politics. Um, and she, for, for many years, would look at me and say, I don't, I don't know where you came from. I don't, I don't know where you got this drive of yours uh, for politics. Um, but I am the oldest daughter of the oldest daughter of the oldest daughter of the oldest daughter. And, and I think that that history has shaped who I am. There's something about being the daughter of an oldest daughter and being the oldest daughter yourself that comes with a, maybe a little bit more responsibility um, than maybe I would have otherwise had. And I, and I like to reflect on that trajectory. Um, and, and I do think it's shaped me. I do think that it has made me who I am uh, in, in many, many ways. But, but that, uh, those fingerprints have, have been passed down to me through, through my own mother. Oh, fantastic. Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson, thanks so much for carving out a little time for us on Inside Sources today. Always appreciate your perspective, appreciate your leadership. Thank you, Boyd. All right, again, that's uh, Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson. And uh, again, as we round out uh, Women's History Month, uh, we're getting a couple more perspectives. Set your clock tomorrow. We're going to have uh, uh, President Tuminez from UVU is going to join us, uh, be our kind of our capstone project, you could call it, uh, for our Women's History Month. We've learned a lot and some great perspective and some great leadership lessons uh, from so many of these we women. And it is so important, as uh, Lieutenant Governor Henderson was pointing out, that Utah has this rich history uh, in that. You can say there are complaints, there are challenges. So we saw challenges and complaints over the weekend, uh, and all of those need to be fixed and solved to be sure. Uh, and and uh, there is a great history uh, in terms of uh, women shaping conversations, leading on important issues, uh, delivering significant results, uh, not just in politics, uh, but in businesses in communities. Uh, and that's something that we all should be celebrating again, not just during uh, the month of March, but uh, throughout the year as well. 
Well, as we come down the home stretch uh, on a Monday, if you are just tuning in, a big announcement today uh, that we will have more inside sources, that uh, we will no longer be the fastest 60 minutes in radio because we're going to two hours. We're expanding to a two-hour show beginning next Monday, and that will be from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. will really give us a, a great opportunity to, to dig a little deeper on some of these issues as we try to elevate the conversation and connect the dots and look at all the strategic components to all of these things. And so we're looking forward to uh, an additional hour, again, one to three uh, every day, Monday through Friday. It gives us an extra day as well, so we're excited about that. And uh, so many things that are happening here at KSL News Radio, uh, including Maria Chaleos coming up next with news. And she's going to get a little more news time starting next week as well. Very excited to have a full hour of Maria and the news coming up as well. I'm Boyd Matheson. Great to be with you on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something today that'll make a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.